Well, hello everybody. What? We are again. We, we started recording. We started recording this, and then something very weird happened. We're not going to attribute to anybody because that my um, that my yeah, speak of our glory. own idolatry. <laughs> yes. So this is uh, Mario Bento, as you know. Um, we, Carl Thomas here. Oh yes, I was going to tell. I was going to blame him. I know. For giving this break for three weeks. Actually, it's not his fault. It's my, it's my fault. We are back on recording our lectionary uh, devotional conversation. This is just two friends, you know, discussing what we saw during the lectionary readings of this week. Today is Saturday, June 17. We're going to talk about the week uh, from the 12th to the 18th, which is tomorrow. By the way, Carl, as you present yes. yourself again, happy Father's Day. Uh, that is tomorrow. And happy Father's Day to you, that is, tomorrow. And happy Father to our Father in Heaven. Yes, yes. Who is the good, yes. who is the good Father. Who is the good so, Father. So we're just going to kick it off on the 12th because it's our hope that we don't go long this time. And and Mario, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what you got out of the 12th, but for me, there was this thread about blessed is the man, it said in Psalm 40, or woman who puts their trust in God. And what, you know, it really invites us in the hard times of life to recognize that we have a blessing that we don't see with our eyes, right? Mm -hmm. And so in in um as we continue to read uh, in Psalm 119, he said, um, may your loving kindness also come to me, O Lord, your salvation according to your word. And we put salvation like, are you saved? Yeah, I'm saved. And we make it all spiritual. Whereas mm -hmm. clearly the, the psalmist was not talking about, you know, when I die, I go to heaven. Um, he's like, we need to be, I need to be saved from this current generation. I need to be saved from myself. I need to be saved from my own lusts. I, I need to be saved. Um, mm -hmm. and I need to live in salvation, which led me to second Corinthians six. And those of you like, just give me a second on this, just, just a second. Cause what, one of, um, uh, one of the, one of the professors that, uh, that Mario and I followed, he has a real good. Um, habit of debunking stuff that's popularly preached and uh, telling you, you know, what you thought it means is not what it actually means. And so um, there, there is this um, uh, in, in 2 Corinthians 6, there's this, what harmony is Christ with Bilal, with a believer in common with an unbeliever, or what agreement has the temple of idols for we are, it talks about this being unequally yoked and, um, what this scripture is clearly laying out, the, the 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 writer Paul, he sets these five arguments up: um, what agreement, uh, what in common righteousness, wickedness, fellowship with darkness, harmony of Christ to Bilal, believer to unbeliever, what union by the temple of God with idols. And what what Paul was trying to say was, you you cannot be an idol worshiper and a worshiper of Christ. He was trying to get the church in Corinth to quit participating in the idolatry of the world they live in. And I think, you know, I live in South Florida where it's very affluent. Money is an idol. Fame is an idol. Beauty is an idol. Youth is an idol. And um, the gospel in South Florida is like, you got to stop running after what the world runs after and run after Christ at the same time. Um, it's not just don't go into business with an unbeliever. It's we live in an idolatrous world, and um, we got to come out from that idolatry and put our trust in God. Does that make sense? No, I mean, 
totally makes sense. Uh, I, I think I think as you talk, uh, what I hear is um, the dangers. I mean, the dangers of seeing the wrong when 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 where it's obvious. It it's it's less than seeing the dangers when it's not as obvious. When we when we think it's good, and this, yep. bear with me. See see where I'm going. No, I on, see. On, I see where you're going. Go ahead. Uh, some on Psalm 40. If you read Psalm 40, if you're if you're listening, you read Psalm 40. And verse two and three says, "I reached down. You he reached down like God reached down to me and heard my cry and." Out of the pit of destruction, he put me, you know, my feet, on, he put my feet on the rock, footsteps are firm, a new song comes out of my mouth. What I see there is like actually somebody that had waited on the Lord and it had necessarily, not necessarily, but obvious, had a journey of, you know, blessing, a journey of, you know, out of the pit, feet on a rock, footsteps are firm, new songs in their mouth. And we will say that that is inherently good. And we will want that to be okay. That's the that's, and this is the problem. That's the formula. That's the formula. And then we're yeah. gonna. And then it says in verse three. And then at the beginning, it sounded good to me. It says, "Many will see and fear, and will trust the Lord." I was like, "Okay." I was talking to my friend this morning about this, and he gave me this idea. Uh, he said, "You know, when they see me being prosperous, being out of the, out of the mud, being my feet on the rock, my footsteps are firm, singing new songs. They'll be like, Oh, now they're going to fear. And now, now they're going to, you know, they're going to trust God. And which is, yeah, it, there's a way that that can be good, but there's a way that that can become an idol. We can, we, we're, right. we're making that's we're making it a formula. We're looking at the wrong right. thing. I'm looking at my prosperity as an idol and not as God. And when we, and when he pointed out to me in verse five, the blessing is that the Lord my God are the wonders which you have done and in your in, in your thoughts towards me. He says, in your thoughts towards us. I think that's the blessing. That there's thoughts from God that are towards me and not necessarily right. my journey of faith and how, where do I got or why do I didn't got. I mean, of course, that can be good at some point, an example of my faith and, and, and a hope to those that, that those around me. But... It's very easy to take our eyes out of well, the yep, and and, and that's the carn that's the carnality that Paul has also called us out of, to think that, well, to think that us obtaining the world's idol is somehow a witness to the world that they need God is deception, mm. but using the power of God to obtain what the world idolizes yes. is evil. There you go. This is evil, and and that is false light. To think that I can get the idols the world has through God is evil. And then to tell the world, come worship Yahweh, Jesus, the living God, and you, you go. can obtain the world's idol is evil. That 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 is the satanic. That that is false light to me. And that that's is because, not because it can be very easily confused or deceivingly confused with the blessing with with oh god is with us i mean we just jokingly in the beginning of this conversation you know let, let me give me give you a little context uh call uh, was trying to connect and i was saying you know as i've heard many times oh and it wasn't able to connect and i was like oh the devil is going against us so it means it means something good is going to come out of this conversation and then immediately i thought how many times all the connections are going well, everything is going fine. And I never thought that the devil is not against that. So 
Immediately right, I'm thinking right, 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 right. when everything goes fine means I'm being blessed. No, maybe the enemy is not resisting you because you're going the wrong way. Right. And, and, the, and, the, and again, I, I don't want to beat this into the ground, but the real problem is thinking that getting what the world wants is blessed. Yes. And that's not what's blessed. What's blessed is that we have the Lord. <laughs> that and, we that we have a relationship with the living God. Let we, let be the, we're Go good beating the dead horse. So on Tuesday, the, uh, on Tuesday the thirteenth, yeah. I saw the same thing. I mean, we're just speaking this for the first time. I saw the the same thing on Hosea ten verse one, when Hosea is 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 talking about idolatry and 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 all that. But if you read just so verse Hosea one, ten, not the eight verse, but ten. You're, yeah, you're in 10, chapter ten, yeah. right? Hosea Hosea okay, ten, so verse one. Uh, when, when, if you just read that verse and you think about how do we think about prosperity, how do we think about winning, how do we think about doing the right thing, and God blessing us, you know, we you might be deceived. He says, Israel in his luxuriant vines, he produces fruit for himself. I mean, that sounds good. I mean, it's a fruitful place, you know. Yeah. And the yeah. more his fruit, the more altars altars he made. I know they're talking about idol. Altars, but how many times we are building altars thinking this is coming out yeah. of my fruit, so I'm good. So, yeah, that verse one on Isaiah 10, it's so, I mean, we can actually look at that and say, oh, how blessed I'm being. And then Hosea is calling it, you mean, read verse two, I mean, pretty harsh. And yeah, and, and well, if we look at the Hebrews verse, there you go. In verse go 16, he says, do not neglect doing good and sharing for with. Such sacrifices, God is pleased. Now, this I don't I don't want to make an argument from silence, but if those are the sacrifices that please God, that means there are sacrifices that don't please God. And so what you're talking about, like we're making sacrifices that are not pleasing to God, these these this abundance where like like I knew but, a guy who who go ahead, go ahead. Just go back to Psalm 40. Exactly what you're saying. Psalm 40 verse 6 says, I have not desired sacrifice or meal offering. So he's just saying that he doesn't desire offering or sacrifice. And then on Hebrews, he's interpreting and saying, uh, for such sacrifice as uh, is God, God is pleased. But then in verse 8 on Psalm 40, he says, I delight to do your will, my God. Your law yes. is within my heart. I, I mean, I think that's why you're going. But tell me the story about your friend. So I knew a young man who got saved. He was um, selling cocaine and uh, he was very excited that his cocaine business was Rustering. getting bigger. <laughs> yes. And he attributed it to tithing. Um, and okay, I, had to say, let's go, let's him, go I had to tell him, this is not an offering that is pleasing to the Lord. I can appreciate your heart, <laughs> but this is not an offering that's pleasing to the Lord. This is all blood money. <laughs> if you have any cocaine money, give it all to God and then not don't make any more, right? Like this is and oh so, you know, when we when we when we satisfy the idols of this world and we saying, "Oh, it's all about you, Jesus." He's like, "No, no. This is not all and, about and, and me at all." Tell me, I mean, I was I was thinking about the I, a couple of years ago I was talking about a, a different uh, same theme. You know, a friend he, a friend has a church and uh, and and she said that every single month, uh, I think something like that, the guy comes in and just puts this huge amount of money and 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 offering and goes away. And she was thinking that she, this guy might be a, like a, on the 
not a not the right business put it like yeah. that and uh, and now we were talking about it. how do you how do you think god will bless his business by closing it by by mm, by if, yeah if he's, yeah yeah that and, would be and, and yeah that would that, be pleasing to the lord that would be pleasing to the lord like okay god is blessing me by closing my business now now that is that is easy to see i will say but let's put that to our means let's put that to our strategies you know yeah we we things in our lives might be closing, might be not going well, and we are like, "Oh, God is not blessing me." No, God is actually blessing you by not doing this, by 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 not giving you this. And um, yeah, and again, and it goes back to you know we we are so baptized in this culture that we don't even see that we're wet. We we don't see that we have this idolatrous culture all over us and that the church is getting people to come to church by offering them the idols of the world we'll teach you how to have better sex we'll make show you how to get rich and how to be powerful and strong and this is all babylon and god is this god is not offering us this this is not this is this is false light it is not what hey, god let is me offering. grabbing that, that that idolatry let me let me just keep diving on that idolatry i think uh, on the text of Hebrews, I saw something that I haven't told you. It's how can we make idols out of our leaders based mm. on this text? How can we make idols out of our leaders based on this text? It says Hebrews 13, verse 7. Remember those who led you, who spoke the word of God to you. And considering the result of their faith, of their considering of their way, sorry, considering the result of their way of life, Imitate their faith. If you stop there, it can be good and bad. I mean, can go both ways. Because now you see this guy Absolutely. having a hundred thousand million followers, and you're like, "Oh, I want to be like him." And I'm not against having followers. I'm just saying, you know. Go ahead. So, 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 so us Protestants, we're we we look at the uh, we look at the Catholics and we see their icons. We look at the Orthodox. We see their icons and we call them idolaters, right? How, how dare you have, you know, these pictures of Mary and Joseph and, you mm -hmm. know, uh, all the, all the, the, the church fathers. And we look at it, idolatry and, and what, what they have is icons, right? They, they have, um, they have, they have saints that they venerated. So there's people who've lived an entire life faithfully after they die, they judge their life and say, this one is worth imitating, right? Now, in the Protestant church, we say we don't want to be idolaters, and we get rid of all of that. And instead of having holy men, having icons, we have celebrities. Yep. And we do not see the idolatry in Christian celebrities. Uh, and it is exactly what you're saying there. So so we, I can look back at a church father and say, I want to be just like that guy, and it not be idolatry, it not be... It, it it not be that kind of human worship because the person's dead, but we will we will do everything that some guy in New York whose life we don't know, whose life has not been examined, and and we will click and like and follow and imitate and it's exactly what you say and yeah and and, um, and I think the author of, the author of Hebrews solves it right on the next verse. If you think about this, think about this. He's talking about imitating the, the your leader's faith based on their life and all that. And then there's this verse like smack in the middle of everything that sounds just out of place, but it's not. I mean, uh, it's like, okay, 
Just making sure you know, verse 8, Hebrews 13. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. Kind of, it, it's connecting that, like you, what you're saying. I think what he's doing, it's connected. Say, hey, the revelation of Christ needs to be consistent in their lives, yeah. not just consistent with who they are now, but who God was, is, and will be. So it's like yeah. when we detach somebody from the, from the reality of who Christ is, and or, or what Christ has been doing in the history of His Church, we just we just make an idol like like Moses. We read it this week. Like like when people come to Moses and they say, "Hey, give us somebody to follow," because you you be, you you you're too connect you're you're too normal to be true. Right, right, right. And and I think um, I, I think that is I think it's by design. I think um, we look for celebrities, and you know, there's all these specials coming out now of all these celebrity pastors who turn out to be really really flawed people, and I. I think the average pastor that you want to follow is just not that exciting. Their life is just not that amazing. It's just, they're just people who are faithfully serving God week in, week out, are not looking for the limelight, are not dying to be on Christian television. Um, just like Jesus, who was not trying to be famous in his earthly ministry. He just time and again, I'm just going to, I just want to love people well. Yes, and 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 to to start turning turning the corner on this and on yeah. how to make. I mean, I think it would be unfaithful that we do, do at least don't try to to offer a a solution to this. I'll go to the Wednesday text again to Hosea, but now Hosea fourteen. I mean, I, yeah. I don't want to read it all because we read fourteen two to nine, but I was I saw something there interesting. And so there's verse sorry verse one to nine on verse one and two. I want you to imagine this sandwich, you know, imagine this sand, a little sandwich, you know, it's, it's a food language. That's how it works for me. On, on the top, you have a call to repent and return to God, which is verse one mm -hmm. and two. And then on the bottom of verse nine, you have a call to understand and discern, right? So yep. first bread, a call to repent and return to God. Second bread, a call to understand and discern. We might make that connection very fast, you know. Oh, of course, you're going to repent and return to God if you if you understand. But in the middle, there's verse three, four, five, six, seven, and eight, where Hosea, sorry, it's talking about who God is. Like he's yeah. even uses like poetic language about lilies and Lebanon trees and and olive trees, and so he's intimately showing who God is. For then, at the end called the understanding or discernment. So it's beautiful. Like um, for us to turn around, to turn away from idolatry, first of all, like you said, I mean, you haven't said it, but I think you, between your lines, I, I see you, I saw you saying it. It's there's a need to repent and return to God and know who God is. So we can discern where that, yeah. and then that cycle, the cycle starts again. If I know who God is yeah. and I start discerning, I repent, and then that's it. And, 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 and it's that that sin issue. I saw in you know in Psalm Psalm forty, we use this. Uh, you know, we we this is kind of a, a a trite. You know, he put my feet on solid ground. You know, brought me up out of the miry clay. Christians talk about that a lot, but the but the word picture there. Um, if you're in a pit of mud, you can't get yourself out, right? And if you're ever by like the shore and it's covered, the rocks are covered in moss or covered in mud, it's so easy to slip and fall. 
And, and God is saying like, I like, I'm the one who brought you out of your sin, right? You didn't do it yourself. And then when you get to the Hosea part where you're talking about the sin, he says there in verse one, you have stumbled because of your iniquity. Like you are stumbling, like you are on the slippy, slippery ground. You are not on the solid ground I placed you on. That's why you keep falling, right? And you can put your trust in horses. You can put your trust in all kinds of other things. But if you don't put your trust in the Lord, it's it's not going to work. It's 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 only God that can keep you out of sin. And and that's why, yeah. like for me, and I'm sure you'll jump in on this on Matthew, where he's like, oh, I do, like you like you sin. You think like I set up this thing where it's okay to sin as long as you can afford the sacrifice. And he's like, this is, I did not want sacrifices. I've never, this Sunday, I just preached like a half dozen verses on how God was saying, I never wanted your sacrifices. What I want you to do is follow me. And and God's like, I took you out of sin and I put you on solid ground. Mm-hmm. I want compassion out of you. I want you to love me and I want you to love people. And instead, you're in this cycle of, look, God, I did the right sacrifice. Aren't you so proud of me? And he's like, no, actually, stay out yeah, of on, sin. On, the, on that same text that I was talking about, uh, Hebrews 13, on, yeah. on the text of Tuesday, it, just speaking of what you said, is I saw, again, this kind of sandwich where in verse 1 and 2, there's a call for hospitality, which is exactly mm-hmm. what God wants that you just said. Then on on verse 16 is what you said, you know, don't neglect the sharing. Don't neglect doing good and sharing. And and then the next part of that sandwich is a a call to character, a call to to calling about marriage, talking about uh, about money. And and, and over and over, I mean, now that you opened my eyes, this week I see God pointing out over and over new, uh, um, I mean, Pointing to us uh, how idolatry yes. can be eradicated, and then now just kind of the light turned on to me on Wednesday. I, w- I was looking at this text, you know, about Matthew twelve verse one to eight, where people, when this, um, when these Pharisees come to Jesus talking about uh, talking about the Sabbath, we're not going to talk about the Sabbath here right now. We might another day, but um, yeah, another thing that we idolatrize is work. You know, another thing that we idolatrize is doing, 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 doing. And then right. either we go one side of that interpretation or the other side of that interpretation. But now that you opened the eyes this week that God is talking about yeah. that, I think. Because they're like wow. bragging. Look, aren't we so awesome? We're sacrificing a day for the Sabbath. And Jesus is like, no, that doesn't make you awesome at all. You have None lost, of this makes you awesome. You have lost what really matters, which is the people. You have lost yeah, you're, what, you're, what matters. You're judging people on the Sabbath. And you want me to commend you for being in judgment? No, that is, no. Go and learn what this means. I desire compassion. Yes, I'm yes. not impressed with your sacrifice. Go and learn what this means. I desire love. Like, yeah. go and learn what this means. Yes, you're, you're, and, you're, and, and this is what we talked about last week. Oh, I, we didn't get to talk about it, but over and over again. God is like, don't you understand? I own everything. I own all the cattle and you come offer them to me as a sacrifice. They're already mine. I'm not impressed. Nothing that you offer me is impressive because I own it all. What I want you to do, what I can't make you do is to love me, 
follow me and love other people. Like, yeah. this is what I want you to, this is what you can do. Do that. And it might be, it might be a little bit, um, for those who are listening this for the first time, be like, well, why does God made all those sacrifices in Leviticus? And over and over in the Old Testament, God says, it's because of you. Yes. The sacrifice is for you to clean your conscience. Again, Hebrews, no? Hebrews talks about yes. that. I'm not a... They could not walk in faith. And, and I have a whole bunch of scriptures where Jesus, well, where... The father says in the Old Testament, like, I, I didn't, I never wanted your sacrifices. That that was you. That that was you. Then they're like, no, no, everybody's doing sacrifices. We need a system. All right. Well, here's your system. Look, okay. you can't keep the system. Wow. You wow. can't keep the system. Have you figured this out yet? It won't wow. work. And wow. so Jesus had to come down and say, I'll do what your sacrifice could not do. Now go love. All right. Now get all this whole system out of your head that you can somehow make yourself righteous. Get it out of your head, right? And then, and then, wow, now now that you say that also, it's uh, on Friday, we had the text of Acts 7, which is, you know, Stephen talking about, like uh, testifying about his faith and telling this beautiful scripture story. Um, and, and look what he says. Uh, I mean, I'm just going to go chop it up here yeah. on verse 39, Acts 7, verse 39. There's a part where they say, they turned their back to Egypt in their hearts. They turned their back to Egypt yes. in their They turned back to hearts. Egypt. To Egypt. They turned back to Egypt. No, they, they yeah. didn't went back, just their hearts. And then oh. it says this make what the way they turned their back to Egypt in their hearts, in their in their heart was make us a God who will go before us. For this Moses who led us out of the land of Egypt, we do not know what happened with him. So they're trying to say, we need something that we need to do. We needed something because this Moses is not asking us to do anything. We're, we're, just, we're just walking and being blessed and guided. We need something that need to do. And, 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 and listen what God says. <laughs> but God turned away and gave them over to serve heavenly lights. Da, 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 da. And then God says this. Uh, Give me a it is number. written, verse 42. As it is written okay. in the book of prophets, you did not offer me victims of sacrifice for 40 years in the wilderness did you house of israel so god is saying it is not about sacrifice people if it would be about doing something i would give you something to do during this 40 years and you haven't done so so it means stop thinking that you have to have something that you have to do put your hands on so you can attach value to me that's not how you attach value to me it's by loving me following me and loving others i, I mean yeah Maybe I'm stretching this a little bit I think bit it's longer. powerful. And, and if we were to look at this scripture prophetically, right? I don't want to say this is what it says. But if we were to look at it prophetically, they confess, we don't know what happened to Moses. That's the problem. But that is the mm. Moses encountered God, and you never got that. And, and, and that is what God had intended all along. We don't know what happened to Moses. Exactly. And that's why you've turned that back the to problem. Egypt. That you is don't know what's happened to Moses. What happened to Moses is what needs to happen to you, an encounter with the living God. And instead, they went the way of the world. We'll do sacrifices. We'll do this stuff. And God is like, y'all don't get it. You, and, you and need even, to know, know what happened to Moses. Let me let me say this. And I'm going to throw, I'm going to throw yeah. a wrench here a little bit. Go ahead. I, but, but now, tell me, Carl, how... Can how can my righteousness of loving others or what I think loving others means 
can become an idol by itself. Right. And so this is what we have been. Do you you got it? Yeah. No, no. This is what we have been warned of all week, not to put our faith in ourselves. We can't like, then it just becomes another, like it's, we go back to the Psalm. He's the one who put me on solid ground and enabled me to love. There you go. He's the one. Like we have to put our trust in God over and over and over again. We've read this week. Blessed is the one whose hope is in God, whose hope is in his loving kindness, whose trust is in his faithfulness. The moment we start moving off into, and this is what, let's talk here one prophetic person to another. This is what's wrong with the charismatic church. I'm trusting in my prophetic gift. I'm the apostle. I'm the prophet. As if somehow they don't need God anymore. And um, Mm. it's back to the idolatry. They're just right back to where the people of Israel were trusting in themselves. No. Yeah, we're protecting. I I heard this from my pastor this morning on on Instagram, uh, pastor from Portugal. He was saying, uh, we are protecting something that the devil doesn't want to attack. The devil doesn't want to attack our gifts. He wants to attack our heart. You know, you can have all the gifts you want. If you don't, if, if, if you don't protect your passion, what, what where your heart is, go ahead and mm. use your gifts. They're going to be well. So it's not. I mean, I give all this to the to the, to the pastor. Sorry, I can't remember his name, but but it's it's. Well, that, well, I'm gonna preach that, and I'm not crediting anybody. I'm just gonna say it. That's good. <laughs> you can have all again. Let me say it again. You can have all the gifts you want. The devil is not attacking those. Things. God, is, devil is attacking your passion because your passion, your heart, that's gonna drive where you're gonna go with those gifts that God gave you or. Or you think I gave you sometimes and he didn't, but um, yeah. Let me go. Let me go see. Oh, there's something here on um on Saturday. See how this looks to you? We skip. No, we skip Thursday. We skip oh, Thursday. Wait, wait, go ahead. Uh, right here. Oh yeah, right here. Maybe this is a side note. Maybe not. Let me let me tell you what ahead. I saw on the text of yeah, Exodus. Let me see. Let me hear. Let me hear. Let me hear what you saw. Exodus four, verse nineteen. I saw something I've never seen in my life. It says, go back to Egypt for all the men who were seeking your life are death. This is most very similar or what the angel tells Joseph. I was like, oh, oh I've never seen that. They're very similar when Joseph is trying to, when Mary trying to figure out where to go with the baby. And he listens to this. But now let me push that analogy a little farther away a little bit. Um, and then And then they go to Egypt. And then he says, go to Egypt, verse 21. Perform before Pharaoh all the wonders which I have put in your power. So now, using that analogy to talk about Christ, he did went before Pilate. He did went before the kings and performed those miracles. Different, but in the same way, he kind of resembles that guy. He, he kind of resembles Moses as he goes before, before Pharaoh. But this verse, is the catch. Verse 20, verse 20, rode in on a donkey. Yeah, it, and listen to this. Go this ahead. is the catch. And verse 22, it says, behold, I am going to kill your son, your firstborn. It's talking about killing the firstborn of Egypt, right? So catch this. Jesus is the one that walks in it, it walks in front of Pharaoh to perform the miracles, but also connects with the, with the firstborn dead in, in, in Egypt because he's the firstborn dead for, 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 for wow. us. So Jesus is saying, yes. You're going to be before pharaohs of this world performing the miracles that I've done you. But at the same time, you have to connect with the firstborn that are dead because of their because of their of their wickedness. So Jesus is connected with both with the with the firstborn that are dead in his himself 
and the miracle maker Moses before Pharaoh. So I don't know. I would I would just I'm telling you that's too, that's crazy. I was like, what? Maybe I'm too crazy. But tell me how does it sound? No, no, no. that's 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 wild. So what do you what, when you look at the Hebrews passage from that day, um, and he talks about, mm -hmm. um, so Jesus had been counted worthy of more glory than Moses. By just so much as the builder of the house has more honor than the house. Oh, wait, that's the part I wanted to say. Verse five. Verse now, five. Moses was faithful in all his house as a Ooh. servant or a testimony of those things which were to be spoken later. But Christ was faithful as a son over his house, whose house we are, if we hold fast our confidence and the boast of our firm, hope firm until the end. I, I, I just think, you know, I thought it was interesting how he talks about how Moses was counted worthy of this honor, but Christ was faithful and even more worthy. Um, and you're comparing this Christ and Moses together here where the Hebrews writer, uh, anything you want to say about this passage of Hebrews here? No, I, I, I saw a contrast. I literally marked it on my, on my here, on my thing here says that God, that Moses was treated as a servant, that con the, the contrast between being a servant and between being a son. Mm. When we think yes. when we think we're being oh, good, good when we think we're being good servants, we get the accolades and we mm. are being prosperous. When we be in a son, we don't care too much about the inheritance because we already have it. We care about how many times our, our brothers are gonna cry, our brothers are gonna or, or our father is crying because of the sons and daughters that are lost, or our father is crying or celebrating those that are coming back. So the son has a different heart than the servant in this case. That's, I never saw that contrast. That's wild. Yeah. Wow. And, uh, and, and let me, uh, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, talk about, okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, no. Uh, where is it? Give me a second. Yeah. Friday. Uh, no, Saturday. Sorry. I don't have, I made a mark on Saturday. Oh, Friday. Yes. Okay. Friday. Well, now I'm beating the dead horse on this idol thing. You made me, you made me see it. Now I know why I marked all this during the week, <laughs> you know, on Exodus four, verse 31, it says, I'm not going to read it. It says the people believed and then they bowed and, 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 you know, they bowed low and they worshiped. And then all of a sudden it happens. What we just talked about. I'm sorry. No, uh, Stephen looking at this passage and, and he's explaining the passage. We just talked about it. It's like they went from believing, seeing something legit that, that, that Moses was doing, to literally turning away because they missed what mm. Moses was doing, like you said. So I guess I'm just making the connection between the Exodus text on, on Friday that I wasn't making before, uh, that we already talked about Act 7. <clears throat> so, And I just, I just want to point out, um, you know, we, we're hitting Psalm 100 a couple times here. Yes. And um, the goal of our salvation is is joy, right? Like we should be able to, to live in joy knowing that God is our God. And so um, you know, shout joyfully for the Lord all the earth, mm. serve the Lord with gladness, come before him with joyful singing, know that the Lord himself is God. Um, there, there's this, uh, there's a, a, a threefold over and over again, there's this threefold pattern in, in Psalm 100. Um, but we don't, I don't want to, I don't want to beat a dead horse here, but over and over again, we see this threefold pattern 
Um, but know that the Lord himself is God. It is he who made us, not we ourselves. We're his people, his sheep, his pastor. And so there's this, this joy, like Christianity is supposed to make us happy, right? Not, not always is it going to be pleasing in our flesh, but when we come into a actual relationship with the living God and we get it settled in our heart that he is our God, he has us, like he's got me. Like when I begin to take this, the, the brave steps of turning away from idols and valuing what God values for me, then all of a sudden I start to get a joy that the world can't give me. Like a million likes on Instagram is not going to give me the joy that the Lord wants to give us because that joy actually brings us into his presence. Whereas a new car is not going to bring us into his presence. I just wanted to talk about Psalm 100 there real quick. Okay, wait, keep that, keep that rejoicing as a team. And I'm making the turn. I'm going to Go I'm going to Sunday. If you don't have anything on Saturday, I'm going to make it the Saturday. turn and go on Sunday because think about this. Go to Sunday. Yeah, go yeah, to yeah, Sunday. yeah. All right. Yeah, go, go to Sunday. Sunday because we, we we promise it's going to be short and we already. Yeah, go for it. You know how it is. So you you're saying that mm -hmm. there's a way that we can about the joyful of the Lord, right? About being joyful mm -hmm. in God. Yeah, yeah. And the Genesis passage on Sunday is Genesis 18, 1 to 15. And it's a story about Abraham and Sarah and how God visited them and all that and promised them um, Isaac. And you remember the story, uh, Sarah, yeah. verse 13, Sarah laughs, right? And that bothers uh, the angel or, you know, the, the revelation of God there, Jesus, I would say, whatever. Shall, shall I need, and it, it says that, why Sarah laughed? Those, verse 13, Sarah laughed. Pay attention now. Now, verse 16, Sarah says this. Now Sarah said, God has brought laughter to me. Everyone who hears will laugh with me. Mm. I saw this contrast between there's a way that I can laugh, be happy, that I'm taking, a, that I'm taking hold of it. Let me explain it. When Sarah laughs, because she listens, she hears that she's going to be pregnant. She's like, she's controlling the laughing. She's like, huh, funny. I'm not going to get pregnant. You know, she's provoking the laugh. She's making a decision to laugh because it's just funny on her thoughts. And, but now when she talks about God, verse 6, six 21, uh, sorry, Genesis 21, 6, when she says, God brought me a laughter, it's a kind of laughter that she's not controlling. She's just happy because she's happy. She's not. She's not trying to control. There's, so there's a way that I can laugh and rejoice, but I, I but I mm. get a hold of it. I'm getting a hold of what what makes me laugh. But there's a way of rejoicing in God that that I just rejoice. I mean, if you laugh uncontrollable, you will know that you just you can't control it. I mean, you just you just think it's funny. Yeah, yeah, you just yeah. go. So tell me about how does that sound and contrasting with the happiness well, I, you were I talking think, about. I think. I think it's this contrast between the ways of the world and the ways of God. You know, mm -hmm. the Romans passage, it says God demonstrates his love toward us. And we say, by giving me the car that I wanted, God demonstrates his love by giving me what the world wants. But that's not what it says. God demonstrates his love toward us. And while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. 
He enabled us to become followers of God, to put our trust in him. That is how he demonstrated his love toward us. That, that's the opposite of the idolatry of the world. He, that is how he demonstrates his love. Mm. And so when I counsel people and they're like, oh, I want to God to do this. And he didn't I'm like, that's, that's, that's not God. Mm. There is a putting your joy in the gift of God. Yes. And in, in his love and his salvation. Yeah. Let me, let, let me say this real quick. The, on, on Sunday, Romans five, see if, see if you approve this, this idea. Go ahead. Cause I had Go this ahead. thought like two weeks, two months ago, and I want to put it before you and before the people yeah. that are listening. Yeah. Okay. Romans five, one to eight, it says, um, well, we know this text, you know, uh, verse three. And not only that, but we boast, but we also boast in our sufferings, knowing that our suffering produces endurance, endurance, character, character, hope. And I was, and then hope does not disappoint. And I was thinking, okay, wait, somebody that has that has suffered and endured and has a character, there's no need for hope there anymore for that person. She I mean mm. she or he already developed hope. She had suffered, endured, and had a character. And I was thinking, why? What is this for who is this hope for? And immediately clicked to me that hope is for those around us. So it's not my winning, mm. it's not my car, it's not my blessing, whatever I call blessing. It's that while I suffer and endure and my character is transformed, I produce hope to those around me. What hope? A hope in verse two, go back, a hope that we are sharing in the glory of God. Our hope. So, when, 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 and the, yes, I'm arguing that us Christians, us followers of Christ, we are more witnessing Christ's love when we are suffering than we than when we are winning. Mm. And we're not going to talk about that, but we don't teach people, or we don't, we're not taught, or we don't want to be taught on how to dwell in suffering, so we can become a witness and be hope for right. those around us. We rather just show how things are going well for us in our terms. I think that, I think that's, that really brings back to what we started with. So <clears throat> people want to be a witness to the world and they think getting the things the world wants makes us a witness And the scriptures mm. have told us as we've studied today, that is not it. But because what the world really wants is Jesus Everybody wants a king like Jesus. Everybody wants a God like Jesus. And if we will, like what you talked about, the attack, if we will withstand the attack, we'll get to the place where we no longer see the attack, but we move on to hope. And now we're living in the same turmoil as the world, but we're not shaken. We actually have hope. And the world desperately wants hope. Mm -hmm. I would agree. Mm -hmm. They yep. desperately yep. want hope. Yep, and to and Amen. to finish, of course, we have to talk about the the a little bit about the the text, um, the Matthew text for Sunday, and uh, and again, this is through my conversation with Colin, and uh, and this is when Jesus sends the the twelve. You know, he's sending them, yeah. and he and he says this, um, he says this, I'm gonna send you out. You know, you, we can argue that. Let me listen. Let me let me read this. Um, let me let me find it. Uh, Uh, okay, verse 36, Matthew 9, 36. When he saw the crowds, he felt compassion for them because they were hazard 
harassed, sorry, harassed and helpless like a sheep without shepherd. So if, if Jesus considers them sheep without shepherd and he's sending them the 12, we, it, I think it's, it's fair to say that he's sending them those kind of shepherds. And I'm going to send those 12, those, those guys that have been, that been walking with me so they can become your shepherd because he's the shepherd. He's sending shepherds to shepherd them. And then look what he says. I mean, assuming that that can be true, that he's sending these shepherds. Look the way he sends the shepherds. Because he says, verse 16, Matthew 10, 16. See, I'm sending you out like sheep into the midst of the wolves. So he's sending shepherds like sheep. He's not sending shepherds with guns to kill wolves. He's sending shepherds nope. like sheep in the midst of them. So you can so you can be wise like the serpent and innocent like the dove. So again, we project. Again, you said that that that, that really is true. Like uh, stuck to me when you said uh, in the middle of the conversation, the pastors and the people that we really inspired us, the ones that really have the heart of God, they just don't care. They might be famous, they might not. They just don't care about that. You see that they are people that that they are sheep among the sheep. Becoming shepherds to us, and 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 I mean that can be not that can be more through uh, than the to the life of Jesus. So I, we kind of I kind of see that with with Colin this morning. I was very uh, pleased that uh, Jesus good, is not hiding. Jesus is not hiding. He he is our vulnerability. He's not. We are. Yes. He's not. Yep. That's good. That's good. Well, I'm going to uh, talk at length tomorrow. At tomorrow, I'm going to teach at length on this passage. And uh, I did some exegetical work in the Greek that I think is going to be exciting and I would share it with you, but I'm preaching it tomorrow. So uh, <laughs> I, I got to, you know, I, I can't write another message. So I gotta, people got to tune in to catch it, uh, but it's good. Again, again, Carl, before we go, before we pray, just tell us again, where were you pastoring again? We I don't know if we got that. Yeah, hey, Pastor Revival Life Church in Boca Raton, Florida. You can catch me online at carlthomas.net. Uh, churches revival life dot church and I'm what Carl really stuff. needs and what Carl really needs and his church really needs and mine and our and mine too the church that I serve to is prayer please yes. prayer and intercede please for pray. us intercede for the people that we serve fast, intercede fast if the Lord tells you to go ahead and yes. fast as well yes. as the Lord intercession you know. intercession please 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 we, we absolutely we plead you that uh we you, you pray for us okay uh yes. Carl I would like for you want, you, you want to, to pray. out with some prayer Yes, I will. I will. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've been giving you the honor to pray. Thank you for giving it back to me. Um, so let's pray. Dear God, um, thank you for your Holy Spirit that you, as you walk with us, you are by the hand trying to show us just like a father walking through a museum, showing us our idols. So let yes, us grab Lord. you by the hand and walk through those, through those aisles of that museum of our lives and seeing that even that those things are beautiful and they're well preserved, they're not you. They don't resemble you. Those blessings, that, that those things that we consider blessing, they might become an idol. So God, be with us all the time. Allow your Holy Spirit to um, be as close to us as we can perceive, God, and, and let us uh, understand what are the parts of our heart that are, um, are falling into idolatry. I pray that we will repent as yeah. we figure that out, that we will repent and turn away from those things and that we will focus on you and, 
and the things that are important for you, God. Thank you. Thank you for this conversation, God. Thank you because your life, your your word you, is Lord. a life. And um, it's going to transform us as we, even as we talk about it, it's just incredible. And thank you. As, as we pray about and think about it this week, we love you. And I pray for those that are listening and um, pray for our church and for those that we serve. Uh, God, have mercy on us every single day. And uh, we love you and we Amen. praise you and we trust you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 We'll See you, you next week, uh, hopefully.